Today's subject is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The baptism of the Holy Spirit. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is so important. That is why I believe every year I have to take time to re-emphasize the need for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We have to take time to re-emphasize the need for the baptism of the Holy Spirit so that those who are not baptized can be baptized and those who are baptized can have the knowledge that they need in order to teach those who need this knowledge so they can also experience the baptism of the Holy Spirit. After you are baptized in water, when you become born again, and you are incorporated in fellowship with other believers, the next step is to get baptized in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is available to every one of us, available to Baptists, to Presbyterians, to Catholics, to Lutherians, to Anglicans, to Protestants, to everybody. Unfortunately, most Christians, due to deception or ignorance, are deprived from the experience of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And the baptism of the Holy Spirit is what leads us to experience the supernatural life that Jesus promised to us by way of the Holy Spirit. So desire to know the Holy Spirit so that you can be empowered to live this glorious life that Jesus promised us. The first thing we're going to talk about is what is the baptism of the Holy Spirit? What is the baptism of the Holy Spirit? The term baptism of the Holy Spirit is not directly mentioned anywhere in the scriptures. It is a convenient designation for the experience predicted by John the Baptist when he said Jesus will baptize in the Holy Spirit. Matthew chapter 3 verse 11. Mark 1 8. Luke 3.16 and John 1.33. There are many other biblical terms that are used to refer to the baptism of the Holy Spirit, especially in the book of Acts, which records the initial descending of the Holy Spirit upon the disciples of Jesus Christ. So these are some expressions that are used to describe the experience of being baptized in the Holy Spirit. The first is, Baptized in the Spirit. Matthew chapter 3 verse 11. He says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. You can also see uh, Mark 3 11, Luke 3 16, and John 1 33, like we said. The next is, the Spirit coming or falling upon. Anytime you hear the word the Spirit coming or falling upon, it also speaks about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 1 verse 8, it says, But ye shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. That speaks about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The third is the outpouring of the Spirit. The outpouring of the Spirit. 
In Acts 2, 17, it says, And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. The next is the promise of the Father. Anytime you hear the word, the promise of the Father, most likely is referring to the baptism of the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 1, verse 4, it says, And being assembled together with he them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. He said, You have heard from me. The next is the gift of the Spirit. In Acts 2.38, Peter then said to them, Repent, let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This was when, uh, after the disciples were baptized in the Holy Spirit and started speaking in tongues, the onlookers came and said, What is this? Then Peter responded and said, If you repent and be baptized, you can also get this experience that we, we, we just received this morning. The next is the gift of God. In Acts 8, verse 20, it says, Peter said to them, Your money perish with you because you thought that the gift of God could be purchased with money. This was Simon, the former magician, when he saw how Peter laid his hands on people and they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. He said to Peter, Can you give me some of that power so I can do the same? And Peter said, May your money perish with you because you think you can buy this ability. With the money, with, the, with, the, with your money. The next is being filled with the Spirit. Being filled with the Spirit. In Acts 2, 4, it says, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in tongues as the Holy Spirit gave them utterance. And the last is receiving the Spirit. Receiving the Spirit. In Acts 8, 15, it says, who, when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. So those are various uh, terminologies that are used uh, throughout the New Testament to describe the experience of being baptized in the Holy Spirit. What is the importance of the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Why is the baptism of the Holy Spirit so important? The importance of the baptism of the Holy Spirit cannot be overemphasized. A believer who is not baptized in the Holy Spirit is limited and cannot accomplish a lot for Jesus. There are several reasons why every believer, every born-again Christian, everyone who calls himself or herself a Christian who has believed in the Lord Jesus Christ should be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Number one, the baptism of the Holy Spirit empowers you for effective witness. The baptism of the Holy Spirit empowers us for effective witness. It says, in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, it says, But you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Jesus Christ said to them, do not leave Jerusalem until you are empowered. And that power comes by way of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So what qualifies a man or a woman to become a witness of the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. 
the baptism of the Holy Spirit is your official spiritual endorsement to become a witness of Jesus Christ. It is your empowerment into the ministry of witnessing. I've said this before, that believers are like soldiers who are enrolled in the military. But the day you are baptized in the Holy Spirit is the, is the day you are giving weapons, you are giving ammunition. That is the day you can shoot, you can exercise that military power, that firepower. The second importance of being baptized in the Holy Spirit is that the baptism of the Holy Spirit enables you to pray effectively. You know, those who are baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues get assisted by the Holy Spirit to pray effectively. You know, we are so limited in our vocabulary. That is why sometimes when we are writing a letter to the immigration, to the court system, or to any office, sometimes you have to hire a lawyer or someone who has the right vocabulary to articulate your desires or what you want from that office because sometimes you are limited. Or you can imagine someone who is Spanish-speaking or German-speaking and they don't express themselves in English. They have to go through translation because they are trying to get the words, the appropriate words needed to express their desires. In our words as people, as humans, we are limited in communicating with God. That is why God gave us the Holy Spirit. And that Holy Spirit helps us to speak a supernatural language. That helps us to express our deepest needs, our deepest consents to God in a language that is effective. In Romans chapter 8, verse 26, it says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. For when we do not know what we should pray, as we ought to pray, the Holy Spirit makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be expressed. So when we are praying in the Holy Spirit, it is the Holy Spirit that is actually making intercession. It's like having an interpreter. I'm speaking in German, but there is someone translating exactly what I need to the one listening to me in English. The baptism of the Holy Spirit helps you pray effectively. Number three, the baptism of the Holy Spirit helps you see visions and prophesy. And the word prophesy, as you said, as I explained, is the word naba in Hebrew, which means to proclaim God's word with power. To proclaim God's word with power. Number one, you see visions. Number two, you proclaim God's word with power. In Acts 2.17, it says, And it shall come to pass in the last days, says the Lord, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. And all men shall dream dreams. So if we are going to speak God's word with power and authority, we need the Holy Spirit. One of the things that distinguish the ministry of Jesus Christ from that of the Pharisees, the people said he speaks like one who has power and authority. Jesus had authority in his words because he had the spirit without measure. Number four, the baptism of the Holy Spirit enforces your relationship with God. 
You know, Jesus, upon departure, promised his disciples to send them the Holy Spirit to enhance their relationship with the Father. If you really desire a functional relationship with God, you need to get baptized in the Holy Spirit. If you want an effective relationship with God, you need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. In John 14, 26, it says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all the things that I've said to you. So Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit comes, he's going to help you build this intimacy with the Father. He will remind you of things that I have said to you. The reason why a lot of so-called professing Christians stay at the surface level in their relationship with God is because they are not baptized with the Holy Spirit. So all they do is religion. They go to church on Sunday, and after Sunday, they go to another Sunday. They don't have a functional day-to-day relationship with God because the Holy Spirit that is supposed to be the intermediary of that relationship is absent. If you are going to have an effective relationship that leads to intimacy with God, you need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. The next thing we're going to talk about is is the baptism of the Holy Spirit for everybody. Is the baptism of the Holy Spirit for everybody. Because I've heard a lot of people say, well, it's not for everybody, it's a gift. The first thing I want to clarify is that some preachers, even some denominations, do not believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Some do not believe that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is an experience different from the salvation experience. So the argument is, if you have received Jesus Christ, you've also received the Father, you've also received the Holy Spirit. But notice that in our teaching on the Trinity, we clearly explain that the Father, the Holy Spirit, and Jesus are one. But the Father is not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not Jesus. That is why Jesus Christ said, I am going away but my Father will send another comforter. So these are three different persons. So the Holy Spirit is not Jesus. So when you receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior, the Spirit of God comes into your heart to bear you witness that you are saved. But the baptism of the Holy Spirit, like I explained, is your official empowerment as a believer. Is the day you are ordained and officially endorsed to function as a Christian, as a believer, as a witness of the Lord Jesus Christ. The scriptures make it very easy to understand that there is a difference between being baptized, being born again, or being born in the Spirit, and being baptized in the Spirit. When you gave your life to Christ, you become born in the Spirit. John chapter 3, verse 5. Jesus Christ said, except man is born of the Spirit and of water, he cannot see the kingdom of God. But in Acts chapter 19, verse 1, if you read that story, the Bible says, Apostle Paul 
went through the region of Corinth, and he found certain disciples, and he asked them, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believe? Notice, they, were, they had already believed. And the apostle Paul said, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Because being baptized in the Holy Spirit and being born again are two separate experiences. They're not the same. In Acts chapter 2, verse 4, which we say, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in tongues. They were all Notice the word all, not some. So if it was not for everybody in a room full of people, not everyone should be filled. In Acts chapter 2, verse 38, Peter said, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Notice the word everyone, everyone, everybody included. And in Mark chapter 16, verse 17, it says, And these signs shall accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will all speak with new tongues. We know that the Baptist speaking in tongues only comes after the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So he said, These signs shall follow them that believe. So if you have not received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it's because you have not maybe desired it or you've not done what is required or you have not had faith to receive, it's not because God did not want to give it to you. Because it's for everyone. It's for the Baptist. It's for the Presbyterian. It's for the Catholic. It's for the Orthodox, the Protestant, the Anglican, whatever denomination or, or, or group you consider yourself to be part of. If you are born again and you are a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is for you. It's for you. Now, what is the initial evidence? What is the sign to know that someone is baptized in the Holy Spirit? What is the sign to know that someone is baptized in the Holy Spirit? There are many signs which indicate that a person is baptized in the Holy Spirit. The initial evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit as consistently mentioned in the scripture, is speaking in tongues. Like I said, there could be many signs, multiple signs to indicate. Like prophecy is a sign. But the initial evidence that indicates a person is baptized in the Holy Spirit is speaking in tongues. In Acts chapter 19, verse 6, it says, And when Paul had placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. They spoke in tongues and prophesied. In Acts chapter 10, verse 44 to 46, it says, While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on those who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come to Peter with Peter were astonished that the Holy Spirit had been poured out even upon the Gentiles. For they heard them speak in tongues and praising God. As we read again in Acts chapter 2, it says, And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in tongues as the Holy Spirit gave them utterance. So we see the initial evidence that a person is baptized in the Holy Spirit is speaking in tongues.
So when you begin to speak in tongues, that is the evidence that you're baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now, why is it so important to speak in tongues? Why is it so important? Because somebody said, well, I, I like the idea of being baptized in the Holy Spirit, but I don't really like the idea of the speaking in tongues because it, it's weird. It makes you, it's, 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 it makes, makes you, it's awkward. You know, because you're speaking in the language you don't understand, people don't understand, especially in a society where people don't want to make their beliefs public. You know, we are private Christians. We go to church on Sunday privately, and then we, we interact with the public without revealing our identity. But remember what Jesus, what Jesus Christ said. He said, if you are ashamed of me before people, I will be ashamed of you before my Father. So we need to become comfortable speaking in tongues. Why is it so important to speak in tongues? Number one, when you pray in tongues, you pray directly from your spirit to God. You pray directly from your spirit to God. The Bible says, the words that I speak unto you, they are life and they are spirit. Spirit communicates to spirit. The part of you that is supposed to communicate to God is your spirit because God is a spirit. Sometimes our prayers are not answered because we pray out of emotions. We pray out of feelings. We pray out of envy, out of jealousy, out of competition, out of you know, comparison. But when you begin to pray from your spirit, you are praying your deepest needs, the things that you really need. And no man searches the spirit of a man except the spirit of God. So when you begin to pray in the spirit, the Holy Spirit begins to articulate those desires in your spirit to God directly without your emotional involvement, without your mind being involved. Because the Bible says, when I pray in tongues, my mind is unfruitful. In other words, my mind doesn't contribute to what my, my, my prayer is, what I'm saying. In 1 Corinthians 14, he says, For everyone who speaks in tongues does not speak to men, but unto God indeed. No one understands him. He alters mysteries. Mysteries are secret things that no man can understand. Tongues is the most effective language to communicate with God. The beauty about praying in tongues is that the devil cannot understand what you're praying about. Hallelujah. When you pray in tongues, the devil cannot understand what you're praying about. Sometimes, if the devil wants to know your agenda, what you intend to do, what your plans are, he's just to listen to you when you're praying. And he, he, he has all your strategies mapped out. He knows you're looking for a child this year. You're looking for a job this year. You're looking for a house this year based on the things you have said with your mouth. But when you pray in tongues, it's like someone in the Chinese parliament and a discussion is going on and he has no clue what they are saying. The devil is confused. So tongues is the most effective language of prayer. Number two, when you pray in tongues, you are spiritually edified and strengthened. In 1 Corinthians 14, 4, it says, He who speaks in tongues edifies himself. The word edifies is from the word we get the word edifice. means building, 
So when you speak in tongues, you build yourself up spiritually. When you speak in tongues, you build yourself up. That is why anytime you begin to feel down, you feel depressed, you feel low, you feel demoralized, just begin to speak in tongues. Spend time speaking in tongues. Before you know it, your energy is revitalized. You are synchronized. You are activated. Because when you speak in tongues, you are edified. In Jude 1.20 says, But ye, beloved, build up yourselves on your most holy faith by praying in the Holy Ghost. By praying in the Holy Ghost. Build up yourselves. Build up yourselves, your most holy faith, by praying in the Holy Ghost. Number three, when you pray in tongues, you glorify God from your spirit. You glorify God from your spirit. Some of us can, cannot effectively glorify God because the moment we start to glorify God, our minds come into play. Our language has changed based on the things we are thinking about. But when we begin to glorify God from our spirit, our minds are unfruitful. We cannot interfere or interrupt with what we are saying from our spirit. So we glorify God from our spirit when we speak in tongues. In Acts chapter 10, verse 46, it says, For they heard them speak in tongues and magnified God. They magnified God in tongues. So if you want to effectively praise God, sometimes it's just in tongues. You even sing in tongues because you sing the language of the Spirit. Most of our songs that we sing, as good as they are, some of them are polluted with flesh, human philosophy, and all kinds of uh, self-aggrandizement. They sometimes just praying in the Holy Ghost, singing in the Spirit, communicates praises to God that are unfilled, are un, unpolluted, undiluted. Raw praise from our spirit. Number four, when we pray in tongues, we pray the will of God. We pray the will of God. You know, the Bible says in the book of James that you pray and your prayers are not answered because you pray amidst. It says you pray with the wrong motive that you may spend it on your desires. And to be honest, sometimes most of the things that we pray for and we are passionate about Maybe things that are completely out of God's will for us. But when we begin to pray in tongues, like I said, we begin to articulate in a spiritual language our deepest needs, the things that we really need from God. In Romans chapter 8, verse 26 and 27, it says, The Spirit helps us in our weakness. When we do not know what we ought to pray, when we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Holy Spirit intercedes for us with groanings that cannot be expressed. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. According to the will of God. So you may be saying, oh Lord, I need a house. I need a car. I need this. I need a husband. I need a, this. But as you pray in tongues, the Holy Spirit Spirit begins to tell God, oh Lord, he needs a character change. He needs financial increase. He needs discipline. The Holy Spirit will articulate to God your exact needs, what you really need from God. When you pray in tongues, you pray the will of the Father. And number five, 
Praying in tongues helps you intercede, helps you increase the duration of your prayer. Praying in tongues helps you increase the duration of your prayer. When I read in the scriptures that Jesus prayed all night, I wonder, what is he saying all night? Or sometimes when I hear, when I first of all heard that someone saying, I pray for three hours, I'm asking myself, what are you saying to God in three hours, in your own words, except that you're repeating the same thing over and over and over? But when we pray in tongues, that is when we can effectively communicate to God for a long period of time, because the language we're speaking is not us. It's not limited in vocabulary. So it helps you pray for long. The reason why some people cannot go past 30 minutes in their prayers is because they speak in English. So after 30 minutes, if they have to continue, they will start repeating everything again. But when you speak in tongues, you can keep going. You can keep going because the supernatural language has endless vocabulary. And the last part of this message, which is very important you should pay attention to, is how to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. How to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. How do I get baptized? In the Holy Spirit. These steps are simple. If you practice these steps, whether you are in China, in Africa, in America, wherever you are in the world, if you can follow these steps, you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. You will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. There are five simple steps to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Number one, you must be born again. You must be born again. In Acts chapter 2, verse 30, Peter said to them, Repent. And let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And you shall receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So, being born again precedes the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Being born again comes before the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If you are not born again, you cannot receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And being born again is not going to church. There are some of us that have been going to church for long, but you cannot tell exactly when you, when you got born again. We can become so religious and so familiar with God. Meanwhile, we have never truly surrendered our lives to Christ and made a public decision and a confession to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. If you are not born again, you can do that today in order to become eligible for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Number two, believe that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is for you. Believe. Number two is believe that it's for you. In Acts chapter 2 verse 39, the promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord will call. For some of us who belong to churches that used to criticize speaking in tongues, criticize the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we've had all kinds of teachings you know, anti-tongues, anti-Holy Spirit baptism, it can become difficult to receive because your mind has been configured in a certain way that when these revelations are coming, it is not easy for you to assimilate the information because you have been conformed, you have been, you've been configured in a certain pattern that your heart is rejecting the truth. But if you are going to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you have to believe that it's for you. 
It's not for some churches. It's for every Christian. You have to believe. Because some people say, well, if I don't receive it, it's not for everybody. You know, some people receive it, some don't. Once you already have that in your mind, that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is for some, you have excluded yourself. You have to believe that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is for you. It's for everybody. Number three, cultivate the desire to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Cultivate the desire. What you desire, you will acquire. What you desire, you will acquire. If you don't desire, you will not acquire. What you conceive, you receive. What you conceive, you receive. If you don't have the desire in your heart to receive the Holy Spirit, to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, it doesn't matter who prays for you or what is said to you, you will not receive. Because it begins with the desire in your heart to receive. In John chapter 7, verse 37 to 39, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone test, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. By this, he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him will receive, because the Holy Spirit had not yet been given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Notice he said, if any man tests, it begins with a test. If you are not testing, you cannot receive. He says, blessed are those who hunger and test after righteousness. Matthew 5, 6. For they shall be filled. If you are not testing, you will not be filled. For some of us, as you hear this message now, you're testing. But after the Bible story is over, your test disappears. That is why you are not filled. When a man is truly desiring the Holy Spirit, it will be part of your prayer. It will be your cry in the morning, your cry every day. When you go down on your knees, you are telling God, baptize me with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues. It's something you long for. You do it consistently and continually. It's not just when you come to church and the pastor starts talking about it, then now you say, oh, I really need to be baptized. But the moment it's over, the test disappears from your heart. You are not testing. Until you become testing, you will not be filled. It takes a testy heart to receive the Holy Spirit. And number four, after you test, you ask. After you test, you ask. In John 14, verse 13 and 14, it says, And whatever you ask in my name, I will do. And the Father, that the Father may be glorified in the Son, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. You have not received because you have not asked. You need to open your mouth and ask. You need to express your desire to God to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. I cannot ask for you. You have to ask for yourself. You have to desire for yourself. So you need to ask. And number five, after you have asked the Holy Spirit, open your mouth and speak by faith. Usually, from my experience, once the Holy Spirit comes upon you, there is always a supernatural presence that indicates the presence of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not some breeze. It's not some thing. The Holy Spirit is a person. 
So when he steps into a room, you are going to notice his presence. You are going to feel his presence. You are going to notice that something has happened to you. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is not something you imagine. It is real. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will know. Sometimes some people shake, some people fall, some people cry. And then what usually happens is that you feel a sensation around your mouth. Sometimes your mouth begins to bubble. Once you get that sensation, open your mouth and speak by faith. And the Holy Spirit then gives you utterance. It means that he will help you speak the supernatural language. But you have to do the speaking. Don't think he's going to come and open your mouth and talk for you. He says, open your mouth and I'll fill it up. So you open your mouth and you speak by faith. Because I've seen people who have actually received the Holy Spirit, but they close their mouth. They are under the influence of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is upon them, but they don't know that the speaking is done by them. Then I've also seen places where people learn how to speak in tongues. You don't learn how to speak in tongues. The Bible says they spoke in tongues as the Holy Spirit gave them utterance. In other words, the Holy Spirit gave them the ability to speak. You don't learn how to speak in tongues. Speaking in tongues is not a vocabulary, it's not a language you can learn in school by saying A, B, C, D, or A, B, K, D. No, you don't do that. Because I've seen where a pastor says, everybody say, Rabababa. Everybody say, Robobobo. Now say it all together. No, you can't learn speaking in tongues. It's a language given to everyone by the ability of the Holy Spirit. It's a supernatural enablement given by the Holy Spirit. And if we are truly baptized in the Holy Spirit, everyone should speak in tongues in their own ability. The reason why some of some, sometimes you hear people speaking in tongues the same. Sometimes you find people speaking in tongues like their pastor or they speak in tongues like someone they know is because they are copying. They are copying what they have heard. They are not receiving that tongues by all trans from the Holy Spirit. So after you have received the presence, you have been empowered, overwhelmed, saturated by the Holy Spirit, the next thing is open your mouth and speak by faith. If you do these simple five steps, you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. The reason why this is so important is because this greater glory that God has promised us this year is only possible through the Spirit. A man in the flesh cannot see the glory of God. A man in religion cannot encounter the glory of God. If you are going to see this greater, greater glory that Jesus has promised us this year, we need to walk in the Spirit. We need to become men and women of the Spirit. We need to go deeper in the Spirit. And that is only possible because of the Holy Spirit. So if you are here listening to me today and you are not yet baptized in the Holy Spirit, I want to believe with this information you have received today, God will baptize you, Jesus will baptize you with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues. In the name of Jesus, may the Lord Jesus baptize you with the evidence of speaking in tongues. May the Lord Jesus baptize you with the evidence of speaking in tongues. In the name of Jesus. If you desire, follow those simple steps that are listed 
and your testimony will be undeniable. In Jesus' name, amen.